Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 207, and we are going to take a look at the CBP Air and Marine Operations, um also known as Air and Marine Operations, abbreviated AMO, so kind of a few different titles but they are the same entity. But before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We very much love to see you here. Do check out our YouTube channel, subscribe and hit that notification bell. Contact us with any comments, questions, whatever the case may be. So a big shout out to California, New York, Virginia and New Jersey in terms of countries, the United States, Australia, Canada, Iran and Italy. Good to see all of you. Okay, so a little bit of background about this one here. Um this agency um or law enforcement agency I should say um it was formed January 17th 2006 um but it did have different proceeding I would say agencies before it so it changed names over time depending on what exactly the United States government federal government needed it to do but it does go back quite a ways in terms of its history but for its particular name under this name I should say an abbreviation um it was formed January 17th 2006 its proceeding agencies was the aviation maritime and investigative resources of the United States Customs Service and then aviation resources of the United States Immigration and Naturalization Service and then aviation resources of the United States Border Patrol so it changed over time Um I would say the number one thing I know is with this one with this particular law enforcement is that it changed based on how it grew. So, you know, there were parts of this uh law enforcement agency that it was land-based and then other times it expanded aviation uh with the invention of airplanes and things like that and then over time they slowly merged and then separated and came back together and it really kind of depended on what was going on nationally and internationally. So like for example, there were some things that very much changed right after 9/11. Of course, we would definitely expect to see this happen with several of our law enforcement uh law enforcement federal agencies and things of that nature. That's just going to happen whenever your federal government sees a problem. It's like, okay, we need to change how we do things so that way we prevent these attacks in the future. So that's why these things change over time. In terms of employees, um as of 2011 they had 1843 employees. I'm surprised they they didn't have way more at that time considering that they have the jurisdiction of the entire United States. So their their main I would say their main interest is uh points of entry. So that's going to include the east and west coast as well as our northern and especially our southern border. So we have talked about border patrol a little bit in times past. in regards to what they have been having to deal with whenever we have a democrat in office and our southern border is hardly ever protected and that's very much a big concern because not only is there a huge influx of Ill- illegal immigrants coming into the United States but there's also a lot of disease coming into the United States and that's not saying that you know people are a walking disease it's just that you know you cannot deny the fact that when someone immigrates here from like a second or third world country or or you know a very corrupt country that that they came from a country that has the best possible healthcare we we know they did not so what's interesting is that there have been outbreaks of different types of diseases at our border and so that very much concerns me 
Because the United States, you know, we do have a wonderful healthcare system, but we are not the world's healthcare system. There is no such thing as utopia. And I think that's one of the lies of socialized medicine is that it, it creates this false narrative that there is a utopia and that you should be able to go get healthcare in any country that you want. That's stupid. That's stupid. Because, you know, universal healthcare, just think about it. It wants to make it so that everybody can come to the United States and get healthcare. That's the ultimate goal of these stupid idiots, these these liberals, these progressives and and some democrats are really stupid but some are not. You know, every so often I do meet democrats that they're not for everybody coming here to the United States because they know the United States cannot sustain all these people that are immigrating especially illegally into the United States. So it needs to say this particular law enforcement um it's 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 a um, It says it's an enforcement component because it is within the United States Customs and Border Protection, so it's within that agency, but it's in it's it's under the umbrella of the United States Department of Homeland Security. So, but that's not where it always was. So, this is almost like an agency within an agency within an agency depending on who do they report to kind of thing. So, that's why it's it's changed names over the years and, and why they're basically why they have why they have expanded over the years based on the things that have occurred in the United States and the things that have been going on internationally like even though we are not responsible for it, for international ports located in other countries we still need to be aware of what is going on internationally so that way we know hey is something you know making its way here like for example covid-19 that didn't get here by accident you know people brought it here and i'm not saying it was necessarily intentional but it's like you know if we know that something is spreading then it's very important to shut down our borders and our ports and um any kind of air or any kind of travel into the united states and have a travel ban which is exactly what president trump did and that's actually really smart so for anyone that thinks that that was bad you're an idiot and a moron like don't you value your health like don't you value um people that you know maybe can't fight off infection very well like don't you value your country like you know we are not open borders and see so here's the thing whenever you have open borders that's when you allow anything and everything to come into your country and it should not be in your country like for example covid-19 we shouldn't have ever had that here ebola we should have never had that here west nile virus should have never had that here like there are so many things that have come into the united states that you know we don't have the healthcare system to handle all of that we just don't like i remember when ebola broke out it was really scary i mean it was highly infectious and it was extremely deadly like i think it was way worse than covid-19 i think what sucks about covid-19 is that it you know the symptoms can sometimes mimic a cold because it is a virus and sometimes it can mimic the flu and so sometimes you know Yo, know, as you know, if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that I am based out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And so a lot of my knowledge about how people act and react and things of that nature are from the Bible Belt. And so, you know, the Bible Belt, it can be a good place to live, but there are many ignorant people here. And I don't mean that harshly towards Oklahomans by any means because I am an Oklahoman, but I've just noticed that even when I was a kid, I know that people didn't care that they were walking around sick. They're like, "Oh, it's just a cold." I'm like, "Yeah, but what what, you know, what is a cold to you 
could kill somebody else. Like I knew that as a little girl. I was like, why are you walking around sick? And so these were the adults doing that at the time. So then, you know, obviously we grow up and things of that nature and and it's like some people they just have this stupidity that they can't shake from it. It's really weird, except when there is a national catastrophe such as an epidemic or a pandemic like COVID-19 and then oh now everybody cares. I'm like, wow. Um Some of us have cared since we were children and understood that hey, if you're sick, you shouldn't be around other people. I mean, duh. You know, I I've said this before. I think it's really sad that it that it took a pandemic to get people to wash their hands again. To get people to understand that hey, you do need to wash your hands after you use the bathroom. You know what's interesting is that we we teach our children that. But then I see adults all the time that don't wash their hands after using, you know, the facilities or whatever. And I'm like gross me out. Like it's just it's so hypocritical. So I, you know, you're probably thinking what does this have to do with what you're talking about? Here's the thing. I think it's very hypocritical for adults to say, "Oh, I care about my country. I love my country, but let's have open borders." You do not care about your country if you think we should have open borders and if you think that we should not have a wall. Even communist China has a wall. Like think about this people, like wake up. Like if you really love your country and you want to protect it and you want to make it the safest place on earth, then you you will deter bad people from immigrating here. You will deter illegal immigration and you will have a wall. And here's the thing, this law enforcement agency or this component of it that is connected to the United States Department of Homeland Security, you know, I don't think it's right to have all these different agencies and these different types of law enforcement to give them these very serious jobs and then we have so many Americans that don't value their work their labor especially the people that work at the border and then defund them shame and blame them for doing their job and then and then go oh well we think we should have open borders it's like well if you think we should have open borders why do we have all these different federal agencies that are there to protect and serve the american people not the planet these people do not report to any type of universal authority they report to the authority within the United States federal government so that's why i think it's very hypocritical for people to think oh we should just have an open border we should let dreamers just keep dreaming and come on in the united states and you know let's help their dreams come true no we are not responsible for their dreams coming true here's the thing why would you help someone's dream come true when they are breaking the law And what I find very interesting is that whenever someone will use the excuse, "Oh, well, we shouldn't separate children from their parents at the border. That's just that's just so mean. That's so un-American." Okay, then send them all back. That's what we should have done. We have people immigrating here illegally, unlawfully. They do not love the United States. They want to use us for our natural resources, for our money, for our property, and our healthcare system. That is so irritating. It's irritating because why I don't understand why anyone would take the side of someone that is just willingly and knowingly breaking the law. Like every day, every time they try and come to the United States illegally, they're they're breaking the law. Like you know what's interesting is that as legal citizens, you know, if if we break the law, we get a ticket and or go to jail. 
But yet we've got these illegals trying to come into the country and they're doing it very successfully. Oh, they shouldn't go to jail. They shouldn't be held accountable for what they're doing. You know, I get very concerned about people coming here and they're not vaccinated and they might be bringing in tropical diseases that we are not used to treating here in the United States. Why? Because you know, the majority of the United States does not have a tropical region or a, a tropical environment. You know, except for maybe parts of Florida and things like that. But the majority of the United States, you know, we don't have that that kind of terrain and we don't have that kind of healthcare system. You know, I think we need to be very careful about these things. And God bless these agencies like like this one, the AMO, that they try to deter illegal ill you know, illegal and unlawful behavior. They really do try. And I'm surprised they don't have more employees. But anyway, uh, I bet that they probably have probably over 2000 employees by now because this this number from 2011 seems a little low. And their budget, you know, for 2011 I thought was low. Their annual budget at least back then um was 814.5 million dollars. So to me that's low considering what all they do and considering that um usually these agencies they try and overspend. So I'm just kind of surprised that it's that low. I hope it isn't like super inflated these days, but there's a lot that this department does. and that I actually agree with and if you've been listening to me long enough you know that I'm not always a big fan of some of these federal agencies when they just pork and barrel their spending meaning they just you know basically congress writes them a blank check for whatever they want i don't necessarily see that here um with the united states customs and border protection air and marine operations i don't see that here but you know hopefully hopefully they're not doing anything wrong or bad especially in terms of overspending and things of that nature but i really hope and pray that people wake up to the fact that our borders need to be protected and the people that are working for the federal government and also possibly the local law enforcement if they are working at the border we need to support them we need to support them because they work to protect the united states I think that shows that they really care. I really do because how many people do you know actually want to work that type of job? Like there's one time I actually looked up a um I guess you would say a job description and what all goes into working at the border. Man, it is tough. Like I can see why this is a type of job that is more geared towards men and I don't say that from a sexist point of view because as you know I'm not a feminist. I'm just a humanist. So There are certain jobs that men have to do. They it's just more geared towards men unless you are an extremely large woman and you are extremely butch and you're not like creepy lesbian or something. But here's the thing, it's a very tough job. It's physically demanding, it's psychologically demanding, it is just unbelievably intense. Like the job description that I read and considering the type of hours and work that they do, I was like this is very similar to what the Marines do. when they're serving overseas it's intense i mean they're not handling the same type of weaponry or anything but it is not an easy job so i think that for you know the majority of the united states or for anyone that works like a paper pusher job or maybe you just work in an office and i'm not against those jobs you know i'm grateful if you do work in that kind of job and you pay your taxes and you know are a good citizen within your country and your community but here's the thing To me it's a slap in 
this department's face whenever someone is not physically fit doesn't do this type of work has the nerve the nerve to talk trash about our people our citizens that work these jobs at our border and they literally put their life on the line every day every day and i think more intensely so than just a regular police officer so i think it's it's i wish more people knew about these different departments like this that they actually do a good job and they actually do everything they can to protect the United States and you know i did not know much about this department and this type of law enforcement until obviously i was researching it for this podcast i was like you know we never hear about these people we never hear about the good things that they do all we hear is that the democrats they they want to defund them they shame and blame them for protecting the united states they shame and blame them for enforcing federal law now one thing i would have to ask a democrat on this Why are Democrats against especially those serving in office and different leadership roles? Why are they against people enforcing the federal law when that's what they're paid to do? I don't get that. You know, it kind of reminds me when um Barack Obama was president and he did everything he could to defund <laughs> the military. He did everything he could. And I bet he wished he could have done more. And I'm like what a moron and an idiot. It's just like okay, you know, do you, do you love your family? Like do you believe that your wife and your children should be protected? Well, obviously, yes. I have no doubt that he's a good husband and a wonderful father, but here's the thing. Like how can you be against the military and or try to defund them and yet still want the protection for your for your wife and your daughters? Like it like that's just so dumb to me. It makes no sense. It's like okay, the military um they fight way worse criminals than just shoplifters and yes i don't like shoplifters i think they're horrible people but you know a shoplifter is not the same as like a terrorist and so our military they're not dealing with shoplifters although that is criminal what a shoplifter is doing i can't stand that but here's the thing california they've basically legalized it so what does that say about california So basically I don't think we should take anything that California says seriously and we should not be listening to them you know in regards to determining any kind of policy for the United States because the state of California has legalized thievery. Good luck with that. That's why a lot of businesses are leaving California. <laughs> and that's why so many um retailers like Walgreens, CVS and Walmart and Target I would say they've been closing a lot of their stores down for many years now. because California doesn't think that you should take people to prison that, that or that you should take them to court for breaking the law. It's like, wow, but see here's the thing. Our military, they fight people that are way worse than a shoplifter. And yet sometimes we get people in office whether it's Obama or Biden or Jimmy Carter, you know, these stupid Democrats that just don't understand the economy, they don't understand safety, they don't understand protecting the home front. Makes no sense to me why they're so stupid. I don't get it, but here's the thing. Our military, they are dealing with people that are way worse than a shoplifter. Way worse. Way, 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 way worse. But here's the thing, there's so many Democrats they don't understand what our military does to protect the homeland. And I just don't get how how they don't understand that. And so, 
what, you know, what it kind of reminds me of, it reminds me of like some of the people that I know here in Oklahoma that it's like they didn't think anything about walking around sick until COVID-19 happened. And then all of a sudden, oh, their health matters now. Oh, don't you get them sick? And they get all offended. It's like, okay, look at how many people you got sick all these years when you're walking around with the flu And then you're walking around with a cold or walking pneumonia. It's like, oh, so basically there are some people, they don't care to do what's right until something actually affects them. Well, let me tell you something. If you're one of those people, you are very selfish. You're very selfish. You're anti-American. You may not realize it. But being selfish is not the American way. So I think a lot of these selfish people need to get their thumb out of their mouth, stop sucking on it, and grow up and be an adult. That doesn't mean be a socialist. It means be an adult. Please, be an adult. Um, but anyway, so again, uh, this department's budget as of 2011 was $814.5 million, and that's a year, so that's quite a bit. I'm guessing it is more. Um, this is a federal agency. Its jurisdiction is only within the United States. Um, the They are under the branch of Homeland Security, and so... They they kind of got redeveloped um, under the Homeland Security Act of 2002. Um, their their nature is federal law enforcement, so they are supposed to enforce federal law. That is what they're trained to do. That's what they're paid to do. So whenever you have um, leaders, whether you know within like top dog leadership or maybe just congressional or senators, whatever, and, and they're saying that borders, you know, our borders should not be protected and shame on them for enforcing federal law. Wow, you're not doing your job, are you? Because if you're going after the people that protect our borders and, and protect our ports of entry, then, you know, I really don't think that you should be voted into Congress or be a senator if you don't understand the very nature of protecting and defending the United States. I don't get that. makes no sense to me. Um, but anyway, uh, the parent agency for this one is the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So a little more information here is uh, it's the Air and Marine Operations, also known as AMO, is a federal law enforcement component within the United States Customs and Border Protection, an agency of the United States Department of Homeland Security. AMO's mission is to protect the American people and nation's critical infrastructure through the coordinated use of air and marine assets to detect and prevent acts of terrorism and the unlawful movement of people. That includes illegal immigration, okay, illegal drugs, and other contraband toward or across the borders of the United States. What's interesting is that Mexico doesn't really care, doesn't really care excuse me, to help us with this. And one of the reasons why is because every so often and quite frequently, Um, the Mexican people vote in a socialist, and he doesn't care to help deter the drug cartels. So think about that. So Mexico is not exactly doing its job, but yet there's so many companies that are sending American jobs to Mexico. One of them is Nabisco. That's why sometimes Oreos don't taste very good anymore. They're not made here in the United States. They're made in Mexico, so good luck with that, and I don't buy them anymore. Um, air and Marine Operations uh, agents and officers are endowed with the authority um, to enforce Title VIII, which deals with aliens and nationality, as well as Title XIX, which is Customs of the United States Code, in addition to the general law enforcement powers bestowed upon federal law enforcement agents. This specialized law enforcement uh, capability allows AMO to make significant contributions to the efforts 
of the Department of Homeland Security as well as to those of other federal, state, local and tribal agencies. AMO is uniquely positioned to provide direct air and maritime support to multiple agencies and to ensure the success of border protection and law enforcement operations between ports of entry within the maritime domain and within the nation's interior. To accomplish its mission, AMO employs a little over 1800 federal agents and officers at 70 locations, operating more than 260 aircraft at 26 uh, sorry, of 26 different types and approximately 300 maritime vessels. I'm assuming those numbers have gone up because this is slightly outdated. Um, let's see here. It is one of the major operational components within U.S. Customs and Border Protection, along with the Office of Field Operations and the United States Border Patrol. So they work in conjunction with other agencies, and I think that's really good. So we need to make sure that our our nation is protected and secure. And you know, I know that there are different things coming up in the future in regards to voting and things of that nature. Please vote for people that actually value the safety of the United States because I don't think the Democratic Party really values the safety of the United States. So, you know, I'm not saying that you know you should vote Republican just because I say to. I'm saying that you know, you need to vote for someone that actually believes in the safety and the security and the success of the United States. Not some stupid political, you know, wimpy your wimpy washy agenda. Oh, we shouldn't separate people at the border. Yeah, we should or send them all back. That's the thing. Like you have to stand firm. I mean, what's the point of having laws if you're not going to enforce them? You know what's interesting is that whenever a democrat takes office, all these people storm our border, our southern border. I feel sorry for people, you know, that live near our southern border. I feel sorry for them. because they have to deal with so much crime, disease, and it's just ridiculous all the illegals they have to deal with just flooding into their towns and their cities and trespassing on their private property. And you know, the, these illegals they have no respect. They have no respect for the United States, none whatsoever. And we're supposed to feel sorry for them? No. You know, it is not it is not humanitarian aid to enable bad people to immigrate illegally into your country like it's just dumb makes no sense to me but anyway um the history of this um law enforcement agency goes back to 1789 um the US Customs Service um was established to aid in the protection of the revenue of the United States and to prevent the smuggling of contraband a fleet of vessels began to patrol the coastal waters of the United States Congress authorized the collector of customs to acquire boats and hire boatsmen. So they're basically creating um a law enforcement force, I would say, at least on the seas. And then in 1932, it says a record high of 35 aircraft were seized for smuggling. This led to the establishment of an unofficial customs patrol air group. The new aerial surveillance effort focused on the southern US border. So think of that. We had problems with our US border. going back to at least 1932. So here we are again dealing with our southern border. And what's interesting is that in the 1930s they actually cared to protect our southern border and this is pre-World War II. So our grandparents and our great-grandparents, you know, not all of them were stupid. Some of them really actually cared about the United States and they cared about the safety of the United States. 
They didn't just allow anyone and everyone to walk across the border. Um, then in 1969, uh, it says the United States Customs Service officially established its aviation program, which became operational in 1971. I think that date is a little rough on that because I think it actually happened before then. Because they were already acquiring uh, aircraft before uh, 1969. In 1973, the U.S. Customs Service's Marine Program was established in its modern form within the USCS Office of Investigations. And then in 1999, the USCS Air and Marine uh, Division it was formed by merging the Aviation and Marine Programs. Interesting there. So you have these different departments that are merging with each other as it grows, and they're trying to very much handle the safety and the security of the United States and to protect it. So it's interesting. You know, I always find it interesting that whenever a Democrat gets into office, that's when a whole bunch of people do everything they can to illegally immigrate um, to the United States. And it's like, wow, they just flood our border. And what's interesting is that whenever we get a we get a Republican in office. <laughs> Things slow down and calm down because these uh, these illegals, they know that Republicans are not going to put up with that. They they just know, and they're just like, well, I guess we shouldn't try to do anything illegal when a Republican is in office. And an example of that um, would be President Bush, especially the second one. I don't know much about the first George Bush, not much at all, except that he caved into Democrats and allowed um, a tax hike. He said he would not raise taxes, and he allowed it to happen, and um, that's really all I know about him. Like he didn't exactly do the best job. His son did a way better job than him. You know what's interesting is that um, when President Ronald Reagan got in office, um, there were many countries that trembled when he got into office because they knew he was not going to put up with anything, and that's how it should be. Whenever we have someone serving as president of the United States. Um, I think the entire planet should be scared. That's my personal opinion, and I think they should be scared, and they should want to do the right thing. I'm not saying living in fear all the time. I'm saying that oh, oh no, there's a Republican in office, or there's you know you know every president that that the United States has, they are not going to put up with anything. That's how I wish it was, but that's not how it is. What typically happens, and I don't like this. It's very disappointing to me is that whenever a Democrat gets into office, that's when all these socialist countries try and pull their their muck and they try and pull shenanigans. And Great Britain is guilty of this. France is guilty of this, especially with that stupid Green Deal or whatever. And it's like really, so you're going to have a Green Deal that basically tries to get millions, if not billions, of dollars out of the United States, and you're basically punishing the United States for having any type of carbon footprint whatsoever, which is stupid. But yet the Green Deal or whatever did not go after India or China, and they are the two largest polluters on this planet. See, that's the hypocrisy of of socialists and of these environmentalists. They they claim to really care about the United States, but when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, excuse me, they don't. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on, just a moment. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, regardless of who is president. The entire planet should know that we don't put up with anything. But see, here's the thing: when President Obama, when he was president, he had his quote red line thing. Oh, if so and so crosses the red line, we're going to take care of this, dude. They already crossed the red line. Like it was such a joke. Like 
Obama was such a weak, incompetent leader. I think he was worse than Jimmy Carter. I wasn't around when Jimmy Carter was in office or anything, but you know, if you look at the stats, Obama was horrible for the United States. Horrible. And yet he he's seen as like this intellectual and he's not. He's just a lousy attorney, you know, that became president. And not all attorneys are bad. And not all attorneys that become president or bad because we have had some attorneys that became president and they actually did really good. I'm not a huge fan of attorneys per se, but um I just wish more people would wake up to the fact that whenever you have someone in office that does not value democracy and capitalism, that means our country and our world as we know it is basically put in jeopardy because you know There's only so much the United States can sustain in terms of political attacks, and I don't mean like terrorism per se and things like that. I'm talking about the divisiveness that's taking place within our country. Like, you know, I don't know why we have so many young people, you know, like especially these that are in college and, and you know coming out of college, and, and why they are so against the American way of life. And it's like, dude, that's what you've been living for the first 18 to 22 years of your life. And it's like why are you dissing the very life that you have? Like you should be wanting to protect that. Like I remember when I was in college, you know, it was very rare to have these these crazy nutty students. It was they were just known as extremists and there weren't very many of them. And we did have some liberals at our schools. You know, I do remember some some liberals in college, but it wasn't rampant like it is now. My personal opinion Like if I was president, I would totally defund all of these colleges. They would not get all these federal tax dollars. They would not get all these grants anymore. Cuz a lot of these colleges, they just feed at the trough, just like these labor unions and these stupid democrats that think that taxes should be high. All they're doing is living off of someone else's money. And you know it's sad. You know we've talked about higher education, quote unquote, higher education. It's such a joke, which is talking about colleges and universities and things of that nature. It's really hypocritical to me that these universities they they charge just huge prices, these just horrible prices to students just to get a basic college education. And yet these colleges have the nerve to receive hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars in federal tax dollars. So they're getting all this money from our tax dollars and they are leasing and fleecing our students. And so now we have all these students that have thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. I mean, some of them they have so much debt. I don't know how they would ever be able to pay that off in their lifetime. Because a lot of the jobs that these students are going to get that are based on their their educational background It's not equivalent to what they spent on their education. Their education cost way more than what they will actually earn like in terms of a living. So I mean, a lot of these colleges they're just feeding up the trough. And you know what's interesting? A lot of these colleges are democrat. Even these so-called religious ones like Notre Dame, it's not religious. Notre Dame, they may claim to be catholic. We've talked about catholics in times past. Catholics They're some of the most hypocritical people I've ever met, and I can say that because I convert to Catholicism. 
I was Catholic for a while, and I was like, this is ridiculous. There are so many things I don't like about the Catholic Church, and it's just like, wow. Um, but here's the thing. There are so many colleges that claim to be Catholic and claim to be religious, but they are so Democrat, it's unbelievable. And then you wonder why there are so many Catholics fighting for abortion. They're fighting for it, not fighting against it. See, here's the thing. If ever you have a religious school that claims to be, you know, Christian, but yet it has a lot of unchristian things happening at its university, let me tell you something. It's not Christian. <laughs> it's just not. It's gone off the rails. So needless to say, there are so many universities that claim to care about human life, but yet they don't protect the unborn. Well, that's very hypocritical. Then we have all these universities. They want our money, uh, federal tax dollars, to basically pay for all their their studies and you know all their um their their research projects that these elitists do at these universities you know what they need to raise their own money and guess what they do raise their own money through alumni and then from student fees it is shocking absolutely shocking folks what students are charged and student fees it's ridiculous like i thought it was bad when i was a student like i remember getting my bursar bill and i was looking at it And I was like, what are all these different fees? I mean, you know, we we paid them, but it, you know, I went to the bursar office. I was like, can you tell me what all this is? And you know what? They didn't want to tell me. I was like, well, I just want to know what it is. So they told me what all these fees were, and it was fee after fee after fee after fee. I was like, well, um, some of these fees I can understand, but a lot of them are not relevant to my education. So why am I paying for them? They didn't have an answer for me, and they got angry at me that I that I actually asked that question. And I was like, okay, well, I have the right to ask that question because I'm paying for this. And so whenever I would get my bursar bill, I would take a look at the student fees, and I'd be like, okay, so I'm paying. For all this gym equipment or whatever, well, I'm going to start going to the gym every day, and I'm going to use it multiple times a day. So I'm paying for all these fees for the student lab, which was when not everybody had a laptop or a computer, and usually when you were writing your essay or whatever, you would have to go to the student、uh, computer lab, and you would write your paper in there. So I was like, okay, well, I'm paying for all this. Okay, I'm going to spend a lot of time in the computer office. I just am. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get my money's worth. And then there was like some stupid library catalog fee or something. I was like, oh, okay, well I'm going to check out as many books as I can every week. I'm going to get my money's worth. They thought I was crazy. I was like, no, if you're going to charge me this, then I'm going to use it because you're forcing me to pay for things that I don't think I should have to pay for unless I actually use it. That's just my personal opinion, but you know what can I say? I, I think I think like a staff accountant, so that's just how it is. But I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye.
the small and fragile sphere Hang on every word, yet no one hears us speak So it's only left to ask Is change too great a task? From the smallest depths, waves transform the earth We both.